everybody, welcome to Tech Thoughts, a show about tech advice, a short how-to, and why you should care. This is season two, episode three, or overall, episode 12. Yeah. Um, I'm Jade, the a little rattled, but also the smart one. And I'm Art, the very, very, very cute one. Oh, you're so right about that one. <laughs> Disclaimer, go here. Disclaimer, we are both smart and cute. So we are at what is sort of the end of our little Apple mini arc. Um, like we said, all of the mini arcs are going to be two or three episodes each. Um, that doesn't mean that this is the last time that we're going to talk about Apple or uh, complain about Apple on this podcast, but it is going to be the last strictly Apple-focused episode, um, at least for now. But before we get into that, we have to plug our social media. If you're looking for us off the show, you can find us at our Instagram at Tech Thoughts Podcast. We do a live show every Friday at 8 p.m. ET. Um, uh-huh. Or you can find us, <laughs> or you can find us on our website, uh, TechThoughts.gay. And now that we've gotten our social media plugs out of the way, we can get to what I know you are all really here for, or at least what I know Jade is definitely really here for, which is complaining about Apple. So, Jade. Hi. What what would you like to complain about today? For today, um, I would like to touch upon the ways that Apple has influenced the the general tech landscape over the years. Um, and, I, and I certainly don't just mean like their recent ventures with the iPhone and such, but I mean even going back to their first computers. Yeah, kind of like we mentioned last episode, Apple does have a tendency to steer the tech industry, um, sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse. Um, Hey, I, I would like to I would like to argue that sometimes it's for the better. To be fair, I do agree with you. My script says so. <laughs> sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse. An example we gave at the end of last episode is um, that we will also touch upon a little bit later is uh, the removal of the headphone jack from phones. But that's a worse. Um, which yes is a worse. I I am I'm, I'm fully willing to admit that. Um, but if we do want to go further back than that, then where do you want to start, Jude? I would so I do would like to praise Apple first. You know, we gotta build them up before you tear them down. So, uh, the first thing we're gonna do is talk about the iPhone. And I do mean the original iPhone, the iPhone one, mm-hmm. the 2007 OG. It's an iPod, an internet navigator, and a phone <laughs> iPhone. Um, and yes, I've watched that keynote many a time. Don't worry, even I can be infected by the Jobs enthusiasm. Um, Apple has done things to move the industry forward that can be useful. And again, the iPhone's a good example. Um, in 2007, there weren't really smartphones. We had perhaps more advanced cell phones. Um, and in 2007, the best example of that would be, say, um, the BlackBerry Curve 8300. Okay, yeah, I figured you were going to say BlackBerry. Yeah, so BlackBerry had the closest thing to what I would call like a, like a smartphone experience back in the day. They had their own messaging service, BPM, BlackBerry Messenger. They had an internet browser and, like, almost their own kind of app suite. It had a camera. It had a camera. You, you think camera phones were very common. In no, 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 no. But, I mean, like, 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 cam- like camera, MP3 player, I don't know. Like, I'm just, I'm looking. Oh, yes. Like, 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 it had sort of, like, what you're saying. Like, the, like, the, I think if we're, if we're talking about, like, sort of, like, the integration of an experience. As opposed to just being like a like a like a like a thing you make calls on. Yeah, um, BlackBerry was leading the charge, but then the iPhone came out same year as the Curve eighty three hundred, but wildly different. Um, 
touchscreen, capacitive touchscreen, not that resistive jump that we might have been used to. Um, oh, yes, we did have resistive touchscreens back in the day. What is the difference? I'm sorry, I've never heard those terms used before. Oh, sure. Um, a resistive touchscreen is a screen that requires force to input. Think, think of a Nintendo DS. Um, actually, yeah, that's your best call. A Nintendo DS, old-fashioned PDAs. Okay. Um, right. Uh, in fact, touchscreen phones weren't done by Apple first, believe it or not. Um, so again, to segue a little bit more, um, in 94, we had a touchscreen phone already called the IBM Simon. Interesting. Yeah, very. It was resistive, which means you had to, like, smash it with a stylus and thing would happen. Yeah, so, like, but the iPhone was capacitive, which I'm assuming means you could use it with your finger and not just a stylus. Yes. Um, yeah. But they also weren't the first to that either. Um, Apple didn't create these things, mind you. In 2006, we already had a capacitive touchscreen smartphone. Not smartphone, but near one. Um, it's called the LG Prada, and naturally... LG? Seriously? Yeah, LG in, in 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 conjunction with Prada, like the like the fashion brand. Wait, um, seriously? Yeah, smartphone manufacturers do some weird things. OnePlus had a freaking um partnership with McLaren, like the fucking uh racing company. Okay, that's just fascinating. Yeah, it was really cool. They made phones in like papaya orange anyway. Um it's really pretty. Um you you would have loved it. Um, <laughs> but getting back to the iPhone, because we've mm-hmm. gone very off track. I think what I was trying to demonstrate was that the iPhone certainly wasn't the first thing to mix all of those concepts into one first. There's, from a technical standpoint, the iPhone wasn't a horribly huge deal, except for the cool factor. Jobs did one thing really good, and that was sell things. But yeah, even though we already had these technologies, um, Steve Jobs and Apple are, are what made it more mainstream to the consumer. And And Apple kind of has a habit of taking things that already existed you know uh steve jobs wonderful quote which is like um was it smart people invent or smarter people steal or something i mean there, it's 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 not really a steve jobs quote it's a it's a it's a it's a sort of ism that is very popular in like the art world that like literally like you it's one of those quotes that like you can't really i somebody must have said it first but it just gets wildly misattributed to tons of people it's a, it's sort of just like the idea that like good artists copy great artists steal um, and it gets sort of like thr- like 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 thrown around in a lot of different ways. Steve Jobs didn't say that first either, but I get what you mean. I meant that's more the philosophy he ran. Yes, yes, yes. Got it. Um, people also often attribute the creation of the GUI, the graphical user interface, your, the usage of a mouse to navigate your screen, mm-hmm. um, to Apple with the release of the Apple Lisa in 1983. That one just doesn't sound right. There's no way they did that first. They almost did. Um Two years before that, in 1981, Xerox, the, the yeah, the photocopier company. Interesting. Oh, yeah. um, they had a device called the 8010 Star, which was the first computer with a GUI and a mouse. And to be fair, back then, computers were more targeted towards businesses. Yeah, yeah. They weren't really a consumer. Which, to be fair, doesn't Apple also kind of get credited with making, like, computers a consumer household product too partially yes um this is why i'm bringing them up they made those aspects of computing more popular mm-hmm. or at least at least if they didn't they were the first ones after i after uh, xerox mm-hmm. um to actually make computers with that everyone followed suit afterwards um from microsoft to little known other companies that i can't remember the name of because they're that little known um <laughs> 
but they were the first after Xerox. And and admittedly, if you look at the interface, it's clear that um, like Xerox's layout was was what influenced all of them. So, yeah, you know, yeah. Um, now you can see a trend. Apple has found a way somehow to take things that usually don't market well and market them well. Yeah. So they're they're not really. They didn't. They didn't invent these things, but they sort of get all the credit for it because they they popularized them. Yes. And while we've just listed examples of things that they popularized, that definitely I would say have had a good impact overall. Uh, I'm assuming that this is the part where you want to talk about some of the stuff that they popularized that did not. Kind of, yeah. All right, let's get into it. Things Apple has done that kind of suck in the recent times. Um, the iPhone 7, the first iPhone released without a 3.5mm headphone jack. Not great. And we already know other people followed suit. They they wanted it to be thinner. Because Apple Apple really, at the core of like what they're trying to do, they, they sort of like privilege their design philosophy over practicality at times and we sort of talked about that i think with like their computers um as sort of an alternative to the they're sandbagging them on purpose theory there's also the well they're like when you when you when you make it that thin you can't you can't put like you can't provide adequate cooling possibly if if your if your computer was nanometer thin and you could not fit cooling in it fine we have carbon nanotubes so that would never happen um but well except how expensive would that make it? Sorry, no, yeah, go on, go on, go on. Well, I mean, if we had a millimeter thin phone, this is the far theoretical future, not the point. Go on. Um, while we've already touched upon that cruddy cooling solution in their MacBooks, which, mm-hmm. again, were, were, were easily not not removed, but, like, mitigated a bit by LTT, uh, store.com. Um, <laughs> Mr. Tech Tips, we want you on our show very badly. <laughs> yeah. Um, for the iPhone 7... It wasn't to really make it thinner. When a teardown was done of the device, um, the part, the place where the headphone jack would have been was filled by a plastic spacer that had no real usage. There was a um, there's a guy on YouTube who goes by Strange Parts, um, who yes, um, he used to live in China and did a lot of videos upgrading his iPhone in various ways, putting like an iPad memory module in it so you can get like a like a 512 gig freaking iphone and such mm-hmm. um, but also putting a headphone jack in the iphone 7 which minus of course the the electrical components and the parts of that that you have to hack together and therefore may it take a long time the actual space constraints in the device were a real problem interesting right the only thing in the way was a plastic spacer that's ridiculous yes and again i will have the sources listed in case people don't believe me um with things like that, the argument that you took away the three and a half millimeter jack just to make it thinner is a little bit of a garbage argument. I mean, I was going to say it was a garbage argument anyway. Just admittedly, just to, just because just so just so that people don't think that I was trying to like defend the concept of like Apple's design philosophy. Like, no, I was I was just like just like just to, just to put it out there. I was going to say like even if they genuinely did make it thinner, like it's still a garbage argument. I feel like Apple at times just sort of completely abandons the principle of like well no it's just like they go they very much go in the direction of the principle of like for, form over function um where they're just like oh but it looks super pretty and that's the important part and it's like no but like it needs to work and and i think i think i think the place where i'm i'm really sort of like harping on the thinner thing is because that is their justification for removing like 90% of the io on macbooks 
Yeah. Um, and that's that's a nightmare to me because now now like they're more they're more the most recent computers you get like what two USB C ports and eight thousand dongles if you want to try to do anything properly. Um. Hey, look, Apple, a laptop that's basically as good as your MacBook Pro, if not better, with actual I.O. We've got two freaking USB ports and two USB-C. Do better. You you didn't say which laptop it is. You're just holding up a random laptop. Sorry. Yes, this specific laptop is the Razer Blade Stealth late 2019 model. Remember, if you want to if you want to get a new computer that does nothing, buy a MacBook. It's not that it does nothing, but like, do you want to buy a new computer that goes bad in five years because of the move to Apple Silicon? Buy a MacBook. Okay, fair enough. Watch our previous episode on why you should definitely not buy a MacBook right now, of all things. But, um, what I'm really saying is just that, like, there is no excuse on the consumer end for trading out usability. There is, however, an excuse on the company's end, which is to sell you things. The AirPods conveniently came out. Around the same time, they stopped including headphone jacks in their phones. Oh, conveniently isn't the word for it. Um, conveniently with, like, heavy air quotes. The AirPods were released in 2016. When was the iPhone 7 released? When's the iPhone 7 from? 2016. Seriously? Well, not day. The AirPods came out three days before the iPhone 7. Oh my god. Apple, are you kidding me? It's not even subtle. It's like December 13th versus December 16th. Like, eh, No, yeah, that's guys. awful. I, for some reason, dang, I can't believe the iPhone 7's only four years old. Oh, yeah, because they make a new phone every year. Yeah, yeah. Yes, to sell you things. Um, of course, in the iPhone 7, they did include a dongle, a lovely lightning to three and a half millimeter jack. So you could, in fact, use your old headphones with it, but not charge your phone at the same time, encouraging you again to buy AirPods. Oh, and of course, only the iPhone series uses lightning cables, which means those dongles are useless every single place else. Yeah. No, just Apple's proprietary connectors are a nightmare. Yeah. The fact that they're genuinely just like, yeah, let's, 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 we would rather, we would rather cut all of the ports off of a phone than put USB-C in it is just ridiculous. But then you could buy a hundred dollar Apple Qi charger sold separately. Fuck you. <laughs> but enough about the iPhone 7 and, well, let's move on. You know what other bad ideas Apple's had regarding their phones, at least? Have you heard of the notch? Do you, you consider the notch a bad idea? I consider the notch a terrible idea. I personally hate that because Apple put in the notch to achieve their near edge-to-edge screen display, Yeah. Uh, other manufacturers followed suit, and I personally don't like having a giant cut of my content outside of everything I look at. When watching videos, it's very obvious, and especially on the iPhone X, because that thing was chonky as hell. I mean, I guess, but I think at the same time, like, a lot of smartphone manufacturers have shown that you can get a notch way, way, way smaller than what Apple has. Sure, but for the first couple, like, for the first year, none of them. None of them were. But that's my whole point. The Essential Phone, released in 2017, an Android device from a company that has sadly died, so rest in peace Essential, um, released a phone with a notch that was literally just the size of the camera. And for that very reason, I don't understand why Apple made it such a big chonker. Um, there's a speaker in it. That's why. 
You think the essential phone didn't have a speaker? How do you think you listen to phone calls? No, 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 no. I just mean, like, I'm assuming that for some reason they think they can't move it. Oh, I mean, I, I look at it more as, like, a lazy design choice. Like, it just feels like they didn't want to deal with, like, making it neat with the R&D. And they're like, all right, just, just cut a spot out for it. You know? That's fair. I definitely, I definitely don't, I definitely feel like it should be smaller. I definitely feel like the fact that it, I'm pretty sure, like, it hasn't gotten any smaller. Like, is the, is the, is the notch on the 11, like, any smaller at all? Yes, I'm, I'm on the 10R right now. It's identical. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's, that's the thing. Like, the fact that they haven't even tried to make it any smaller over time is one of the things that I think is really, like, like, there I'll give it to you on, on that, that does very much seem lazy. Yeah. And on the bright side, I want to say Apple has been falling behind in the smartphone space, perhaps Definitely. not in sales, but in innovation. Yes. Definitely. Um, uh, the fact that they don't have anything, you, like, I was looking at the Surface Duo, because um, it's like Microsoft's uh, whole, yeah, it's, it's, their, it's, their, it's their whole, it's their, it's their proposition for the whole folding folding phone game that, that has been started by Samsung. And the fact that, like, Apple hasn't even remotely tried to make a foldable is i think evidence of the fact that they're falling behind um which is a shame because at this point like i'm so happy with my 10r and i'm so i so very much believe that we're at like peak smartphone that until apple makes a foldable i'm probably not going to upgrade that's fair um i also feel like we're at peak smartphone like i would only want an upgrade because the battery in my particular phone the OnePlus plus six um is kind of going to hell i've used this pretty constantly for the past two years can you replace the battery in it? Yeah, you know what? No, I can't replace the battery in it because Apple started another terrible trend of gluing their phones together. That that one does sound like something they did to make it thinner. So yeah, the iPhone 5, a, a partially glued together phone back in 2012. Um, it took a while for other manufacturers to carry to, to, to catch on. Thank God. But they still eventually did. Yeah, they still eventually did. Like it took Samsung uh, until 2015 start making that happen and I'm, I'm really happy about that personally because for a couple of years i got to keep replacing my batteries yeah um apple does this very often it's, it's another thing where they're not they don't just do that with their phones um if you look at again um new macbook airs uh everything is glued together um the or everything is soldered down um you can't ipads huh don't forget ipads I just, I, I never even, I, the iPad was, like, never even positioned to be something repairable. That's the thing. Like, was the iPad ever repairable? Um, you could replace the iPad, the, the Gen 1 iPad's battery by just, like, taking out some notches, kind of the same way you'd repair old iPods. Interesting. Um, so, it was doable. Yeah, and I, I do think that the, the point I'm trying to make here is just with the way that Apple has sort of like glued all of their things together over time. Um, it's done with the very intentional effect of making it so that if the consumer wants to make any kind of repairs, they have to go through Apple, which is also really messed up because I shouldn't have to pay Apple's exorbitant prices to swap out the battery in my phone. Um, like it, it's just another way of like sort of nickel and diming you yes and so to sort of circle back to the topic we were talking about last episode with apple silicon this is what we mean when we say that like something like this is deeply concerning for us because despite the fact that apple's had its fair share of 
ideas, good and bad, um, it tends to be that regardless of whether they're good or bad, they stick. Um, and if Apple Silicon is something that sticks and other companies start following suit, um, it's going to be a very, very strange couple of years, I think, before anything finds its footing again. Yeah, I can't disagree. I've been complaining with this about you the whole time. So that's all the time we have for you today. Like we said, Apple is a mixed bag. I feel like we try to, when we talk about companies on the show, or when we talk about anyone on the show, but when we talk about companies, since that's mostly what we talk about on the show, we try to give them the fair shake of like complaining about the things that they deserve to be held accountable for and acknowledging the things that they do well. Um, and so we're really not here to say that Apple does everything poorly. I couldn't say that genuinely considering how many of their products are currently sitting on my desk. Um, but I do think that when we're looking at like the larger trends of a larger industry, um, there is a lot of the question of accountability and there is a lot to say about, I don't know, just because you can do something doesn't mean you should, you know? <laughs> and Apple seems to very often be falling into the, into the line of probably shouldn't. Um, which we will touch upon in our non-Apple-centric episodes very soon. Yeah, um, there are a lot of places in which companies in general, not just Apple, um, overreach their boundaries um, in controlling what the consumer can and cannot do. Um, and that's actually what our next episode is going to be about in another trilogy, in another little trilogy we plan on doing, um, where we start talking about uh, planned obsolescence and what happens when a company decides that they only want your product to last for this amount of years. Or another way to put it is, do you really own the things you purchase? Uh, so yeah, we will see you guys next week for that episode. Um, in the meantime, you can find us at our Instagram at Techbots Podcast. We do our live show uh, at 8 p.m. ET on Fridays. Go home. And we would love to see you guys there. Bye. Bye-bye.